everybody, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Power of Women in Insurance podcast. My name is Teresa Kitchens, your host. This week, we are talking about should you open your own agency? I'm seeing this question a lot. I'm in a lot of Facebook groups, um, a lot of uh, chat groups of people who are in different phases of the insurance careers. They're in insurance careers, and there's a lot of people out there right now. They're like, I'm making all this. I'm doing all this. You know, I'm selling, the owner's not around very much, and I think it maybe is time for me to open up an agency. So today is January 3rd, 2024. So let's get down to it and discuss if that's an option for you. So let's do it. Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. All right, everybody, welcome back. So what we are doing now is we are going to talk about, are you ready to open up your own insurance agency? Okay, so this is a really big question. So there's there's a conversation of captive or independent. I'm independent. I've pretty much always been independent. I helped my dad out at his Allstate agency for a little while, but I was not, not licensed. I did not talk to clients. I did not do anything that was insurance-based. I did more marketing. I sent emails. So I really have not been in that space. So I'm going to be super honest about that. I will say that I have partnered with somebody who has come out of that space and that had its own set of challenges. So I may refer to that a little bit here and there throughout the, the podcast. But what I do want to be able to say is that if you are considering going out and opening up an insurance agency, whether it's captive or independent, take into consideration who you are getting in business with. So you may have a business partner and maybe somebody else who wants to go out with you and, and, and do this, which is great. And as long as you, what I call plan for the divorce, or as a good friend of mine, uh, Denise Bravo says, plan for the divorce, then you will be fine in general. All right. If you have an exit strategy, if either one of you decide to not be a part of that anymore, as long as you think through what is your what is your point? Okay. What happens if there is a disagreement? What happens if you know you can't agree on something, right? If there's only two people, there's not a uneven number of people on your decision making team, sometimes that can turn into a stalemate. And sometimes it gets to where it's me versus that person. And that's not what we want, especially if you went into business with a friend, somebody that you trusted, maybe from another employment type situation. But the key here is going to be if you choose to get in with a partner, make sure there's full transparency. There's not any one moment where it is, you know, that one person has all the money for all the bills or one person has all the money for something. Or one person is dealing with all the carriers. One person is dealing with the team, right? I don't have a problem with departmentalization on who does what, but I do have a problem with people being unaware of what's going on within the different departments, right? We still need to be aware so we can be good leaders and we can support our teammate, okay? Um, our co-leader, our uh, vision for the agency and where it's going. Because if you have a vision for the agency and if this other person makes a decision that isn't in alignment with that, but you have an agreed upon vision for the agency, maybe there's just more definition of that, of that vision that needs to be defined. And that's fine. Because I can tell you right now, my husband and I may agree to go out for dinner, but that doesn't mean we're gonna agree on what we're looking for to be able to eat, right? So we have to take that into consideration that we're still different people with different skills, different goals, and maybe even different interpretations of those goals. So make sure that, you know, setting up for success is not just before you go into business with somebody. It's during the process of going through 
that partnership piece with that person so that that way you can go ahead and really have a voice in that community of what it is that you guys are building, right? Don't become that absentee partner where you don't know what's going on and maybe you're just happy with a check and you don't even know what's really going on and there's tons of things that wouldn't necessarily be in alignment with what you want. So number one, know who you're getting in business with. That also says get in, know who you're getting in business with, with maybe the carriers that you pick up. So if you decide to be able to do business with, you know, uh, State Farm or Allstate or Farmers, right? Then know how they treat their team, their team people, know what the expectations are, know where their cutoffs are. No, they're going to plan for the divorce. I can promise you 110%. They're going to say, if we need to let you go, this is how and when that will happen. Make sure you know that. Do not ignore that. Okay. Don't go, oh, there's no question that I'll be successful. I'm going to be amazing. I've got a big label behind me. Here's the deal. There are still people out there who don't do well in that type of an environment. Maybe even sit in on some meetings, see how they talk to their team, their people, talk to other agents that are not necessarily on their list of references. I think people always pick references that are the best people that are going to talk the best about them. So ask other people, maybe even people that have retired, right? Who've seen it for years, who've seen the changes over the course of the years. Talk to new agents. What type of support are they getting? What are their expectations? How is corporate treating them? You know, any what type of training do they get, right? Ask those questions ahead of time. What type of flexibility, what type of timeline are you going to have to be able to prove yourself, right? If you have to have so much in production by, say, a certain date, you want to make sure you know that, right? Um, and what tools are they going to give you to be able to make sure you achieve those? And what is that going to cost you in return? Are you going to have to, um, I know there's a certain captive agency that they bring you in under a situation where they watch you for the first, like, I think, year and a half, two years, and you have to be at a certain point by that time, and they give you a salary during that time. Well, if you don't prove through or if you don't perform to that level in 18 months, they're going to go back and then they're going to back charge you for the months of income that you received that you did not sell enough to be able to justify. It's I've seen and I've heard of a couple different agencies, uh, people that go through that training process for 18 months who think they're going to get their own agency at the end, but they didn't read the full contract. And they didn't realize that if they don't flesh out, if they don't make their numbers by the end of that 18 months, that they will owe back whatever money that this major carrier tells them that they owe. So I've seen that really hurt some people. So just be aware of what the divorce is. Be aware of whether or not you're in with a, a leader in your or um, a partner in your agency, or if you're looking to be able to partner up with a carrier, uh, even captive, okay? Just know what you're getting into. If you're going independent, you need to know how are you going to get those contracts, okay? Carriers, back in the day, before me, okay, I've been in business 21 years in March. We started in 2003. So back in the day, some carriers would give you your own appointment with them before, you know, like pretty much right off the bat. Very, very few. Mainly, they're the more non-standard um, they're a little bit higher risk. Some people went out and they built up a higher risk book with some of those easier to get carriers that might have been um, a little bit more um, lenient on higher risk people, like people with more incidences, but they were also maybe higher premium because they also went for those people that were higher risk, right? And then say, oh, now I want to pick up, I don't know, Liberty Mutual or, or um, you know, I want to pick up Travelers or I want to pick up Progressive or I want to pick up more of a standard line carrier. Well, then they will not generally touch you with a 10-foot pole unless you have a proven track record. And typically you have to guarantee them 
so much in production within a certain amount of time. Again, the divorce clause, right? Everybody's going to have it. Okay. So, and then here's the deal. They can always come in after you have your appointment, even after you've been with them for three, five, 10, 21 years. And they can still say, we're going to take away your appointment if you don't blank. Okay. That's never going to go away. All right. It's going to be harder the further along you get, the bigger your book. Okay. But they still can come back and say, you know, you're not doing enough uh, IntelliDrive, right? Or you're not doing enough of the telematics, right? Or the, the driving app. You're not doing enough of the, you know, you don't have enough of the balance between maybe home and auto. Or they might come back and say, oh, we really want you to sell workers' comp or cyber or whatever it is, right? So mostly in commercial, that's not as big of a deal. They don't really take away your code, but they could, especially the standard lines like Hartford Travelers, Liberty Mutual, the big ones, right? Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Dot com cast certified so those are going to be the things that you need to think about who are you going into business with do you want to go with a business partner do you want to go with the carrier or do you want to go independent and if you go independent how are you going to get those appointments right now there's a lot of clusters out there back when i got in business 21 years ago there was mainly smart choice was just starting up SIAA was pretty decent on their path already. Um, I'm with SIAA. I'm going to be very honest. I uh, was also looking at a TWFG back then. I don't know if they're still a, an MGA or a, I don't know if they're still a, a cluster or not. But back in the day, they were a cluster. I think they've gone more MGA now. But we looked at those. There really weren't a lot of these other ones out there right now. And so I looked at that. And honestly, I at that point, we were coming out of Allstate. My dad wanted to start up an Allstate, another agency, an independent, because Allstate was really struggling. We had the mold crisis here in Texas 21 years ago. And I didn't know what I was doing. He told me to sign a contract. I didn't even read it. I signed it and said, okay, that's fine. I should not have done that. But honestly, it wasn't a bad decision. We ended up with just a whole bunch of life situations. I've got other podcasts on it where we ended up starting up the agency and a tech business all simultaneously. I went more of the tech business. The agency really did not grow very much until uh, 2015 when I we sold off the other tech business and I refocused in on insurance. So that's when we really took off and we really started to achieve our growth was in 2015. But with that, I will say that we needed the opportunity to go get those carrier appointments, right? So we went with SIAA. That was just what was best for us at the time. It doesn't mean it's what's best for somebody else. Again, read the divorce clause. Because if you do something like that, like with a smart choice or an Iroquois or a CIA or whatever it is, right? Look at the divorce clause. How can you get out if you choose to? If you go out of business, what are you on the on the, on the, the hook for, right? If you change methodology, say maybe you just love health and life, right? And they don't do health and life. And if you don't produce enough, Maybe that's an arena that you need to make sure that you're aware of. So just make sure you read what is the entrance position? What is it going to take? 
How can I manage what I choose to do? If you are with a captive carrier, you may not have as many self-management abilities, okay, to be able to self-manage your agency. If you are with a business partner, take into consideration, how are we going to solve challenges, disputes? How are we going to do things? You know, maybe even with a captive carrier, if that's the direction you want to go, how can I be a voice for the business moving forward? How much control am I going to have versus not have? Think about all that, okay? Same thing with the cluster. Um, are they going to tell you what carrier appointments you can and cannot have? What if you choose to pivot into health or life? Or if you choose to pivot into commercial? Or if you choose to pivot into something different? What will that mean for you? All right. Our careers, our agencies are not stagnant. They are growing live entities. If you hire, what do you have to do for your cluster? Do you have to tell them? You know, do you, do you have, do they have tools to help you hire? Like maybe personality reviews or, do they have like a bank of uh, resumes for you to look at? Look at the resources that you get based on the journey that you want. And don't think small. Sometimes when we start up new projects, we think, oh, I just want to get to like two years and I just want to get to where I'm making $150,000 a year in agency revenue. Well, $150,000 a year in agency revenue is going to be more like $50,000 in your pocket. So you may just sit back and think, oh, well, I'm running really lean, but all I can get out of this is 50,000. I thought I could take, if I was making 150 for the agency, I thought I could take 100. Well, based on how you're structured and organized, what maybe your dues are to maybe an agency or a structure or a cluster or a whatever that is, that doesn't necessarily mean you get all that money. All right. It doesn't mean you get the opportunity to hire whoever you want to use whatever management systems that you want to. Um, it may not say that you get the opportunity to embrace new technology. You might need to wait on them for whatever your group is that they need to agree with you on or give you permission to be able to download into or do things. So there's so many different avenues to think about if you want to be able to take all that on yourself and be able to manage all that. You're also going to be in charge of all the payroll. You're going to be in charge of the taxes. You're, if you go independent, okay, I think maybe captive, they have some, some different tools for that, okay? But think through, are you willing to work with carrier reps? Are you willing to work with people, right? If you need to hire, fire, maybe bring in a VA, you need to train them. That's going to be a distraction from you being able to make the money that you need to make. But... If you have a bigger goal, then agency ownership might be for you. If you think that just, you know, being able to produce, make all the money that you want to be able to make, and you're pretty much doing it all anyway, I can guarantee you that you're not. Okay. There may be a lot of things that we don't see that go on behind the scenes. Paying the bills, paying payroll, having payroll meetings, um, working with your bookkeeper, you know, being able to make sure your taxes are paid. You know, being able to work with your carriers, your carrier reps, uh, being able to attend meetings with your cluster, being able to track commissions and make sure everybody gets paid correctly. That takes up a lot of time. If you're commercial, paying all the, the bills for all of the carriers, for all of the uh, policies that come in. There's so many different things. Um, do you have to file the reports with your carriers on what you do every month? You know, and who's going to do the back end work when you are doing all of those things? So. Take into consideration what your threshold of pain is, who you're working with, why you want to do it, what your vision is, and make sure you stay in that alignment. It may change. Be gracious on yourself. You may say right now in this market, I don't want to open up an agency. That's great. Don't do it, right? Maybe in three years, five years, you may change your mind, right? 
Also, a big thing, and I need to mention this, is think about where you're coming from. What is your contract for wherever you work right now? Can you take your current clients with you or will you have to start over from scratch? And can you afford to do it? We said at the beginning of this podcast, most agencies take at least five years to be able to seriously make some money because they're either in growth mode, they have to be able to buy things like computers, desks, phone systems, AMS systems, maybe a CRM system. You know, you have to be able to get established, right? You have to hire people. You have to be able to pay payroll taxes and all of that. With that understanding, we need to make sure that we have all the tools we need, the resources that we need. And the first five years, most people don't make very much money. So just take into consideration, can you survive for five years on whatever income that may make? Now, if you have goals where you say, based on this much income, I'm going to take this much money, that's great. Pre-prepare for that. But also think through, once I make this level of an agency, what does the agency need to move forward? And what do I need to move forward? Okay. So be really honest, be aware, be present in your business, be kind and generous to yourself and to the people around you, and make sure that you think through all of these things before deciding if you want to open up your own agency. Right now, we're in a super hard market. I know everybody feels like they can do everything better than maybe their uh, absentee agency owner who's been around for the last 40 years, who's pretty much almost minimum retired. But the reality is there's a lot that goes into it. And there's a lot that carriers are needing from agencies specifically right now that might be really hard to be able to maintain. But if we keep our focus and say, maybe today's not our day, maybe three years from now when the market opens back up or another year from now, maybe that's when it will be better for us. So I don't know what that looks like for you, but just take these items into consideration and think, do you really want to be an agency owner? My name is Teresa Kitchens. I'm thrilled to be able to be your host here at the Power Women in Insurance podcast. If you want to reach on out to me, please find me. Um, we, our podcast is on Spotify, uh, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts. You can also look me up on Facebook, uh, Teresa Kitchens. And uh, come connect with me um, anywhere that, uh, that we're at, LinkedIn or on Instagram. And I will look forward to talking to you next week when we have another amazing episode every single Wednesday here at the Power Women in Insurance podcast. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. 
That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.